Hi, my name is Victor, and welcome to the Spring Break edition of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. As followers of Jesus, it's really easy for us to get caught up in doing more for the kingdom of God. More small groups, more time volunteering and serving others, more charity given to others, more, 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 and more. Well, today Bob is going to flip that on its head. Because one of the most important things you can do is take care of your soul and make sure that you are deeply interacting with the God who truly loves you. Wow, that was, uh, that was incredible. Brian and the worship team, I don't know where you guys hide out, but uh, yeah, that, that, that was just really amazing. And uh, thanks for those songs and such a blessing to me. Okay, I'm going to, you know, the challenge I'm going to have this morning is uh, not messing up what it's ever, everything has been done so far. And I'm, I'm really serious about that because, you know, if you haven't met God, in fact, I just wrote down a couple of, of thoughts on the back of my leaders program here. Uh, one, of the, one of the songs said, you are the same God, you are the healer. And uh, did, you, did you catch that as you sang? I will make room for you to do what you want. Uh, you know, that's, that's like a, a sermon all, all itself. Like, if, if they just sang that line and we went away for an hour to consider that, that'd probably be well worth the hour. Um, Jesus Christ, my living hope. And, you know, as you sing that, that's, that's really a, a de- declaration. It's just not a beautiful words on a on an overhead. It's a, it's a declaration. And so you're the one who set me free. And uh, like, like I said, I'm not, I really can't improve on those uh, statements of truth that we sang. And, and I hope as you sing, you really meet God. You know, the, uh, some of the songs in the, your modern world are hard for me to get into. It's hard for me to sing along and enter into. But these this morning were really statements of truth that, uh, you know, your heart should beat a, a little stronger on. So, uh, you know, this is kind of how I approach the, the morning with uh, just in awe of God and what he's doing. Now, we're going to talk about a subject that actually uh, was mentioned in one of the songs, caring for your soul. Uh, You know, the last song, it is well with my soul. Well, that can be true in a point in time, but the fact is that's going to need a little work along the way to to be sure that happens. Uh, You know, if you go... uh, Talk to your parents, talk to older friends, aunts and uncles, talk to people who've uh, graduated three, four, ten years ago. You know, it is well with my soul, and we should be able to, to, to declare that all the time. It doesn't mean that you're not facing heartbreaking challenges and sometimes defeats, but we should be able to move back into it's well with our soul. And so that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit this morning. It's like they, they read my notes almost. Uh, 
there's a, there's a first, there's a couple verses in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. I think I have a, a, uh, a slide for. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught in a bounding or overflowing. Now I learned the verse years ago with Thanksgiving. So, you know, in caring for our soul, uh, this is kind of where we want to land with it. Uh, as you receive Christ, so continue this walk. Be rooted, be, be built up. And that, you know, that, that doesn't happen by accident. There's not a uh, silver bullet you can, you can take or a podcast you can listen to or uh, even a conference to go to that's going to fix all this. It's, it's going to take to live out that verse. I think it's one of the most challenging passages in the Bible to be rooted, to be grounded in Christ, to be built up in him. So, uh, you know, our, our time together this week, I shared my journey last night about these, the stories that God wants to tell through my life, the story of surrender, the story of friends, the story of vision, purpose, the story of choices. And this week, God is, this is a part of your story. So don't just get into going back and forth to sessions and back and forth to meals and taking mixed pictures of the mountains. You know, this is a story that God is writing in your life. And I hope this incredibly connects with you. This is, this is a great story God is writing. And, and, and you and him are, in a sense, teaming up to, to write this story that I think will have uh, effect throughout your life. And that's called when events are transformational. And I believe this work week God wants to use as a transformational week in your life. Uh, Ruth Haley Barton wrote, the most important job you have as a Christian leader is caring for your soul. That's, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? Uh, and I've thought a lot about that. And I think the reason why that's true is because all that, all that I am and all that I have to offer you, pass it on, that's our theme, it, it is rooted in what's going on inside me. Uh, that verse that, G, that, that Jesus spoke, you know, you first take care of the inside of the cup, first cleanse the, the inside of the cup, and then you move out and care for the world. Now, it doesn't mean that your life is perfect. It doesn't, you know, you all have it together. Or someone asked me, what have you learned? I, my answer is always, I'm not sure I've learned anything. I'm in the process of learning some things, but probably until I see J Jesus face to face, I'm not going to be, have, will have learned perfectly things. Um, one of the most uh, challenging verses in the Bible, and, and in, in some ways, one of the most important, I think, is a little verse that it's, it's hidden out in Proverbs 4, and it says, above all else, Guard your heart for any for everything you do flows from it. 
And, and, and catch that phrase, above all else. There's not very many of these uh, all-encompassing statements in the Bible. You know, love God with all your heart. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. There are a few, but this one stands out as, as a little bit different twist. It says, above all else, guard your heart. And that means... Above all else, that means like there's not a much of other stuff on top of it that we should do. Above all else means above all else. I'm, I'm not that smart, but I think I got that one down. Um, and so what, is, what does that mean to you? I, you know, it seems like a simple statement, but how does that play out in your life? If that's true then how does it play out in your life? And we're going to talk about that this morning. And I'm, I'm going to try to. This talk is, is a challenging talk for me to give and probably going to be challenging for you to listen to in multiple ways. It's a very different kind of talk than probably you've heard before. And uh, as I said, the title is, is Caring for Your Soul. I think uh, one comment I would make before I get into the actual part of the talk is that for many believers, they've lost or have, have never really had the ability to interact with God deeply. For many believers, they've either lost or probably for most of them, many of them, not maybe most, have never really had the ability to interact with God deeply. Now, I'm not talking about a casual quiet time here and there, or even being in a small group. I'm talking about interacting with God with your inner heart, not just doing things for God. So um, one more verse, and then we'll start. Proverbs, uh, or Psalm 16, 11 says, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. God is making known to us the path of life. And he says, and David writes, in your presence there's fullness of God. So you see the, the need to be in the presence of God? And uh, it's, it's throughout the Bible. I did a study one time on God's presence. And it's like Old and New Testament, there's so many different places it talks about it. And God that wants, God wants that to you. So here are four thoughts I'm going to share. I'm going to get a drink before I had to change some medication last week and it's making my mouth doing it. That's the part about getting old. You have to carry around a water bottle all the time. Uh, Okay, so let's start out. How do, you, how do you care for your soul? It's point one. Attend to your past. You're saying, what? What is this about? You know, doesn't Paul say in Philippians 3, I think verse 11, uh, forgetting the past, I, I reach forward, I press on to that which is in the future. I forget what lies behind. Isn't that what he said? He certainly did, and you can turn to it. But 
Paul didn't forget in the sense that he blocked it out of his mind. He always was talking about his past. And in Acts, uh, there's some of his sermons. He refers to being a, a uh, persecutor of believers. He talked about his heritage as, as being born and all that. So he's always referring to his past. He didn't forget it. But the key for Paul is that he was free from his past. So it's not that we don't remember difficult things that have hurt. Uh, some of you have been incredibly wounded and hurt. You've you sustained incredible losses. And it's not that you forget those things. It's that you bring Christ into the healing part of it. I was telling some students uh, at breakfast that I have a very dear friend that uh, when she was uh, 16, she was sexually molested by her church, church youth director. And she's actually told me I can tell this story, so I'm not betraying a confidence. And uh, so she was uh, sharing this, but she was totally stoic. I mean, she wasn't batting an eye. She just shared this like, uh, the plumber put in a sink this afternoon. I mean, it was just totally non-emotional. And so I'm sitting there dying on the inside if she tells the story of the classic setup of abuse where the, the youth director won her trust and then took her out on her sixth day birthday and sexually abused her. And so uh, as we talked to her, my wife and I, I... I felt God leading me to say to her, uh, you know, that day your innocence was stolen. And all of a sudden, she almost went backwards because she came face to face with what she lost. And she had to understand her losses and her wounds before she could move toward Christ for healing. Does that make sense? A lot of people want to just push stuff under the rug and uh, they don't want to bring it up. It's too painful. And I, and I understand that. There's things that in my life that I don't really want to talk about. However, at some point we need to be honest about our losses and our wounds, our hurts, the fractures in our life so that the wonder of God's healing can meet us there. And, uh, and, and, you know, this is free of charge. Until we really go there, are we really ever able to forgive? You know, forgiveness without entering into the, the darkness is a shallow forgiveness. And, and so we need to own those. So we, we have to tend our past. And, and I found with students, as, as, we, as we enter into those hurts, then we invite Jesus to meet us there. Uh, one of the uh, verses talked about God the same, or one of the songs got about the same. And today, uh, I've got a verse here somewhere, uh, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's no problem for the living God to go back 
to a wound, to a hurt, to a loss, and allow God to enter into that and hold you and touch you and speak to you words of life and love. And see, that's how we begin to be healed. Now, I, you know, I've been around the block to know that uh, we need at times to uh, process this with someone to help us to walk back. But, but every one of us with Christ in our heart can meet God and let him hold us and love us and, and bring life into those wounds. And we, it's not that we forget them, but we're free from them. And so I'm not asking you to forget bad stuff, but allow Jesus to meet you there. Um, there's a, a quote I wanted to share. I think it was right before the Hebrews 13. It says, what you've experienced, or more importantly, how you've processed and responded to what you've experienced will either assist you in admitting Jesus to dwell in your heart and relate deeply to others, or it will be a dead weight. And so uh, we tend our past, and uh, I, I don't want to go any further deep into it, but I, I think this is a, a need for every believer, myself included, to consider how the past has affected your life today. And for most everyone here, your upbringing, your friends, your school experience, your sports experience, your uh, relationships has touched you deeply, some more than others. But we need Christ to, to meet us there. Okay, the second point in caring for your soul is create space in you, for God in your heart. We, one of the songs talked about that. I think I wrote it down. I can't remember which one it was, but as we were singing these songs. I'd say, wait a minute, I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> and uh, so let me talk just a moment on creating space for heart, for God in your heart. Uh, I'm not talking about just having a, a 15 minute uh, perusal of a passage of scripture every morning, which is good. That's how I started. And, and offer a few prayers. And that is totally good. In fact, some of you are not to that point yet. And you need to begin to read the Bible every day. Uh, I was speaking to a group at Kansas University on John 15, uh, 15, 5. I am the branches, you are, uh, you are the vine. If anyone abides in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. And so I was speaking on this verse, and uh, I, I said it casually and mentioned, I've, I've read this, this chapter at least 52 times. And, this, and I just went on. And so I, I'm familiar with the passage, but it's still incredibly amazing to me as I read it. And so a girl came up to me afterwards and said, uh, how do you know you've read it 52 times? I said, oh, that's easy, because I, I read it as a sophomore in college, and I've been reading it in every gear going through the Bible since then. <laughs> and I happen to be 52 years removed from, from that talk. And uh, I've read it more than that. But see, when you're my age, you, you could have read through the Bible, and, and, and you just, just don't read the words. You, you meet God there. Um, John 10, 27, 
says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, everyone wants to be a follower of Jesus, right? I mean, how cool is that? Oh, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus said there's, there's, there's actually a pathway to be the follower of Jesus. It's to hear his voice. And we're not so good at that. I mean, we may, may want to get on the bandwagon with Jesus and do this, but to hear his voice. Now, now I wear hearing aids. Some of you have been around me. You know I really struggle with hearing. In fact, uh, they were messing up with my microphone last night. I was getting feedback. And uh, so I, they're actually in my pocket. But this little thing is a microphone. Uh, this morning I was having breakfast with the gang from Germany, and I put it right in the middle of the table. It's not a tape recorder. It's a microphone, and I put it in a Mabel, and it Bluetooth uh, amplifies the noise into my ears. And that's true of my cell phone and TV as well. And, but I really work hard to hear. In fact, when I was walking to breakfast this morning, I knew I was going to be meeting with this group of, of campus ministers, the, the, what my prayer between where I was staying to there was, oh, God, help me to hear because I struggle so much with it. And they were doing a great job. They were repeating questions and things. But uh, so I, I have to really work hard to hear. It's, it's really hard work. I, you, you have no idea how hard when every time someone talks to you, you really have to, you know, lean into it. And that's true of every conversation. I lost a lot of my hearing when I was in Vietnam. I mean, 50 years later, I lost it, and uh, genetics as well. But uh, so here's my point. You know, if I'm willing to give this much time, why? Because you are so important to me, and I want to hear you. There is no other reason I would wear these stupid hearing aids, none at all, except you are important to me, and I want to hear what you have to say. Now, if me, a, you know, a sinful person, takes that much effort, how much more should we want to hear the voice of God? And, and so my question is, are you giving attention to really hearing what God has to say to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of good following of Jesus around unless we're really engaging with him. Now, I think, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. The other day I was reading Genesis 8. And the first verse says, and God remembered Noah. And I thought, okay, that's, I mean, you know, Noah and his little family were the last people on earth. And, and so, of course, God remembered Noah. I mean, he had to. I mean, what else would he do other than remember Noah after the flood? And so, I mean, I, I was kind of thinking, okay, that's good. But then I, as, as I was reading this and reflecting on it, I thought of, the little sparrows in Matthew and how God remembers them. And they never, not one falls to the earth, but what? The heavenly father knows about it. And he has his eye on the sparrow. 
And so I got Noah over here in one side of my brain, and on the other side, I've got these little dinky sparrows. And I'm in the middle somewhere. You know, we got sparrows here, we got Noah here, and I'm, I'm in the middle. And God remembers me. And, and that was such a needed thought. And I got it from God's word. Oh, God, speak to me. And he did. Now, I, I don't do that. I mean, every week, every day, I don't get like nuggets like this. Sometimes I'll go weeks and not necessarily have unusual insights from the Bible. That's okay. God's not obligated to give me something really great from the Bible every time I open it. But I'm saying that I, I feed on that, and I want to meet God in the Word. I just don't want to read the Word. I want to meet God in the Word. And there's, a, there's a big difference between those two things ideas. Now, uh, just a couple of thoughts here for you. Psalms 23, verse 2 and 3, y'all are familiar with that passage. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes, or the ver uh, version I learned it out of years ago, he restores, he refreshes, he restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So, for me to be refreshed or restored means, at least according to this verse, at some level I need to be led along quiet waters, quiet paths. I need to be able to quiet my heart and... Uh, I think that is one of the biggest challenges you face in your day, to quiet your soul, to quiet your heart, because you've got so many options. You know, it's really good that the Internet is not really available up here, because uh, it gives you a, a tangible step to be a little more quiet. You're bombarded with text, with music, with activities, with movement, uh, and, and for you to quiet your soul is going to take a very disciplined decision. I, last night, one of my points was on choices, and that's a decision you're going to have. Maybe, you know, I'm just saying, uh, if you want a restored soul, if you want to be renewed, in some way, you're going to have to quiet your heart. That's just, that's just a given. Um, Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is the idea of joining God to pass it on. That's our theme, right? We want to join God in exalting, in His name, exalting the earth and being known among the nations. However, there's a journey for us to take to be still and know that He is God. And yeah, we want to have wonderful mission trips and we want to learn how to be on the campus doing evangelism and discipling people one-on-one. -on -one. And I hope this so lights your fire, fired those things. However, 
There is a journey to be made in caring for your soul to allow you to do those kinds of things, and it's being still to know God more deeply. I would suggest to you that there's some things about God you will never know unless you're still with Him. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have necessarily anything to prove that on other than this verse, but be still and know. The implication is that if you are not still, you will not know. I, I would suggest that would be a, a valid philosophical point. So, Okay, one more verse on that, Psalms 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my prayer. So again, we want our prayers to be heard. And, but to enter into the fullness of that is going to take some waiting. Um, I began to pray for China as a, a junior, first semester junior year, and uh, I waited, uh, let's see, that would have been in 1968. And I got to take my first trip to China in 1995. And I, God laid on my heart about China. And I began to pray most every day for China. And uh, it happened in 95 and 96. We, I led a team there and... I would say since 96, we've had well over 400 students go to China, many of them staying long-term. We still have a couple in China that is dodging all the bullets where they're kicking all the Westerners out of China, but they're still there. We've had, we've seen hundreds of people come to Christ, churches started, but, and I, I'm not seeing as me, a lot of people have been praying for China, so don't read this the wrong way. I'm just saying, I prayed for, uh, since 1978 to 1995, my first trip to go, and then in 96. And I still pray for China. And so I waited patiently for the Lord. I mean, probably most all of you here want, want to be married someday. I have a daughter who walks with God. She's attractive. She's smart, and she would so long to be married. She's 47 now, and it's been hard for her, but I, I pray for her. Oh, God, help Dee to wait on how you are going to fulfill that. Now, she may never be married, but I'm praying, oh, God, would you so hold Dee so close that you would be all she needs. And if you would like to lead someone into her life that she could marry, then I would be so great with that too. But, you know, so, so a lot of things are hard I pray for, uh, but I continue to pray for them. But God's not obligated to give us an answer or necessarily to answer our request in that moment of time. Um, one more thought here on this creating a space. Nurturing a growing spir uh, spirituality 
with depth in our present day culture will require a thoughtful conscience and intended intentional plan. I think that's really true. I don't think we get to know God by accident or by ricocheting off the walls. I think it's, it's a plan. And uh, I have my journal here I use. I don't write in it every day, but a lot of days I do. I have a reading plan here, and sometimes I change it around. Um, and, uh, you know, I just choose to do it. It's like I brush my teeth every night, whether I, you know, it's just something I do. I don't have to go into this internal battle about whether I should do it. And I think your time with God to meet him in his word can become so natural. It's not like a discipline. Uh, I know as you get started, oh, there's other things to do. I forgot. I have a test coming up. You know, it's, it's part of discipline. My, my goal this year is to learn how to play the guitar. And um, I, I know about eight or nine chords, and I'm trying to learn where the notes fall, you know, on the guitar. I'm a slow learner, but I'm working on it. And, uh, and it takes discipline for me to do it. And that's true with anything we do. Well, getting to know God takes discipline. It's not like some easy street you go on. And uh, so, you know, that's just the way it is. It will require an intentional plan. So if you don't have one, I encourage you to talk with your, your staff about it and, you know, ask them what they do. I think that'd be a great question for every student here. Ask a staff member what they do in their daily time with God. In fact, if you really wanted to put them on the spot, ask them if you could meet with them and let them talk out loud to God as they read the Bible. I've done that a couple of times with students. It kind of blows them away. I did it one time in a student union. I, he said, well, I don't really know what to do. I said, well, you mind if I just take about five minutes and interact with God in the Bible? He said, here? I said, yeah, here. And so I, I just happened to open up one of the Psalms and just started God, I so need you to reveal your word to me. And uh, you know the things I'm struggling with today. And would you just speak to my heart? And I started, oh, God, you are my God. I seek you. Lord, is that true with me today? I'm not sure I'm seeking you as I should. So anyway, that went on for about five minutes. And it, it really changed this guy's life about how to meet God. So you know, if you want to put your campus minister on the spot, ask them, say, could I get with you and have a quiet time with you? And you just kind of lead me through how you do it. And uh, sorry, staff, to put you on the spot. I, uh, let's see here. Where am I? Got to get my notes back in order here. Uh, okay. I'm putting my used notes on one side in my unused notes on the other. I, I have to use notes anymore because my, my brain just isn't very sharp. I've always used notes, but you know, it's okay to do things to help you along the way. So the third point to consider, and these will go a lot faster, these next two, is consider where you were headed. 
You know, we talked about taking a look at your past, meeting God in your past, but also consider where you're, where you're headed. You know, I'm 74 and I'm still at some level on my tiptoes. God, what's going on down there? How can I, how can I join you? And I know you get cut off with classes and you live in the moment, but to really care for your soul, that's what we're talking about today. You not only have to take a look at your past and at some level deal with that to create the space in your heart that God wants you to have, but also take a look at the future. Where are you going? I told you about my... Um, Prayers for China. I read the, this little book, Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, that Max Barnett gave me as a first semester junior year. And I was so overwhelmed by this guy who went to China when he was 21 and trusted God and what God did that I began to pray for China every day. And I began, in a sense, I was standing on my tiptoes visualizing going to China. And God let me go. Now, there's some things I pray for that I might necessarily go, but, but you need to take a look. What's the tra trajectory of your, of your life? You know, where, where do you want to land? And I'm not so much, I mentioned this last time, I'm not so much talking about your vocation. I'm talking about the impact, the vision of your life. I'm talking with Chuck the last couple of days, and he, you are 82? Yeah. He, he looks 71, but uh, he's, he's lying to us. He's saying he's older than he is, I think. But, you know, he, he is still so engaged with people. And he's, and he's looking, how can, I, how can God use me? What's, what's the next thing I need to trust God for? What's going on out there? And, uh, and you need to be doing that too. It's not too early for you to pray, God, where do you want me to be in three years or five years? Uh, what do you want me to be doing? How can I tie in with your purposes? So look to the future. Now, one, and part of that is really stirring your life. If you don't have a life that gets stirred up, it's hard for you to think about the future. Now, for me, uh, and this is my soapbox. I'll give about 30-second commercial. I love to read. Now, I know your generation don't like to read and all that, but that's a bunch of baloney. You guys need to find some good biographies of men and women who have walked with God and read about their life. I mean, you will be so challenged. I have a stack at home about this many biographies. Women like Amy Carmichael and Lilius Trotter who went to Algiers and tried to reach Algeria as a woman when it was a totally dominated men's culture. It's an amazing story of, of faith. In fact, the title of the book is A Passion for the Impossible. What a great title that is. And, you know, I read about uh, William Carey and Hudson Taylor and Adoniram Judson, and I'm so stirred, and it so wants me to move forward. And so that's my commercial. But, but read, talk to people who stretch you. Um, I met with the gang this morning, and they were asking such great questions. I was being stretched uh, just to answer the questions, but in some level, they were being stretched by what I shared with them. And so talk to people who know more than you do about stuff. 
not only spiritual things, but I, I've had to learn about farming because I live in, in the farm belt of, of Kansas. I can talk to someone pretty intelligently, intelligently about farm, feed, cattle, corn, everything. And because I've learned to do that. Uh, every year I, I try to do something new just to keep moving my brain forward. I've, I've, I've uh, the last six or seven years astronomy. I learned how to fly a drone. I'm pretty good at it. I told you I'm learning guitar, uh, mountain climbing. I spent a year studying the Himalayas and all that. And it's a, it doesn't dominate my life, but I'm stretching my brain to, to move forward. And so that's a part of, of really caring for your soul. Because here's the thing, the present, uh, there's not enough room for your soul to just live in the present. That, that, may, that sounds like a strange statement, I know. But, but if you're just living here, there's not enough space in your, in your heart, heart uh, to, to contain your whole soul because a part of you should be looking to the future. Um, there's a verse in Psalm 69. I'm not sure this relates. I put this verse down that I'm second guessing, but I'll share it with you anyway. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O Lord, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Do you see the, the psalmist at the acceptable time, God, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you for the future, not just the present, but Lord, at that acceptable time. Uh, let's see. There's a verse in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And we walk with God and trust him for the future. And we pray about our future. Uh, one last point, we're done. This will go pretty fast. All this is best done with close friends. Did I say that last night? I did. <laughs> because it's so important. <laughs> and uh, I... So believe this is true, that the chances of you walking with God in real depth 20 years from now, or like me, 50 years from now, without people that you've grown to love and cherish and you do life with, they can live in different places. You know, friendship doesn't have to be affected by geography. We make it. We make it that a lot of times, but it doesn't have to be, especially in this day and age. And if, if you don't have that, I would, I would so plead for you to pray. And I would plead for you to, to get with people just like this week and sit with people and eat with people, get to know people. And in time, God will bring around you some really quality friends and uh Chuck was saying he was with Max Barnett a couple of weeks ago. And see, that's a quality friend. That, that When did you first meet Max, Chuck? My junior year at him. Yeah, yeah. And so that was what? In, uh, Ten years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, like 60. And so, uh, 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 or more. Uh, and, and so, but they have an incredibly close relationship. One of, not, not just a mentoring type relationship that Max has mentored Czech over the years, but, but it's, a, it's a warmth and a depth. And, and I know both of them enough to know they would do anything for the other person. And see, that's the kind of friendships you want. And uh, I have a few. And uh, in fact, I think I got a picture here. Uh, yeah, there they are. And uh, so these are guys I met in college. Uh, the guy at the top on the left is Brett Yon. Some of you know him. I met him in 1965. I was not really walking with God. He was further along than me. He is as different from me than any two people could be. Uh, he's smart, and he, uh, he can think. And uh, I'm kind of, what? What's going on here? And, uh, and Dave Bartow in the white shirt next to me on the other side uh, he was a career missionary. He went in some of the hardest places on earth when there were murders of missionaries in Yemen and places like this. And he was the guy that would go in and try to care for people. And, uh, and, and we met him in college. Jack Owens on, on the, uh, my left, you're right. Um, I met him in college. His first wife died of cancer. They had been in Korea. She came back and passed away because she had developed cancer. And, and in him and Larry Woods, the guy on the front left, he's blind. And he's a campus minister at Michigan State. He cannot see anything at all. But he, he fights the good fight of loving people and helping them to grow, making disciples. In the context of being blind and and so he's a part of our gang. And then, of course, Max. And see, I met these guys in college. And uh, I would say in some ways we're closer now than we were in college because we share everything about our life. And there's nothing like hidden that we, this, they, you know, those guys know how to uncover the issues in my life. And... Uh, I, uh, uh, there, I have a good friend, not one of these, but this has been true with them, that was sharing um, some really hard things about his life. And I just started, tears started coming down my face. And I'm not real emotional. I mean, I'll cry if Lassie gets her paw caught in the beer trap and all that. But I mean, I'm not normally a, a real emotional person. And so he was sharing. And so I started crying. All of a sudden, he stopped. And he was looking at me. And I said, uh, no one has ever cried for you before, have they? He said, no. And, uh, you know, uh, that's the kind of relationship I have with these guys. So we cut up. We're crazy. We have vices. We play poker. Uh, don't tell anyone, especially Max, he wasn't in us. We smoke a cigar. Don't tell anyone about that. And, 
you know, but we, we, we share our lives with each other and we open our soul to each other. So a part of caring for your soul is the part that friends will have in your life. So that's, that's my, my talk for you this morning. And uh, I hope it in some way God, God has used it. Uh, you, you know, just like I said last night, life is, is choices and caring for your soul is a choice you make. It won't necessarily come easy, but, but I can guarantee you, you'll do well if you do it. Let's pray together. Lord, thanks for this time together this morning. Uh, I'm so grateful for what was shared earlier uh, by the testimonies and the song. And Lord, would you use these words I've shared to, uh, to be remembered and, and to be helpful that which would honor you and those things that were shared that you just would rather they have not heard, Lord, just help them to forget those things. And again, we pray that you would so meet us this week. And for each one of us, you know our individual needs and nothing escapes your attention. Lord, we look to you to, to be our Lord and Savior this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Spring Break 2022 season of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. Catch up on and review the rest of the sessions right here on all of your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a review if you'd please. Get involved and find out more about us, weekly small groups, and upcoming events like this Spring Break retreat on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.